Hi, I'm Stephanie Lugo, ex-corporate nine-to-fiver turned top producing realtor and coach. It wasn't all that long ago that my husband and I quit our nine-to-fives to start our real estate business together with no experience in the industry, just a dream for a life with more freedom and flexibility and the chance to impact others along the way. But it wasn't always easy and I remember what it felt like to lack the confidence, direction, and know-how that we needed to build our dream business. Fast forward through lots of work, failed attempts, and lessons learned, and you'll see what we've built today, a business that offers us more freedom and income than we ever thought possible and changes the lives of others every day. I created the Market Authority Show to enlighten the path to becoming an authority in your market. I'm here to share simple, actionable, step-by-step help and inspiration to build your dream real estate business with help from timeless principles and today's cutting edge strategies. Whether you're just starting out on your real estate journey or you've been around for a while, we've got a few tricks up our sleeve that you'll want in on. So let's dive in. Hello, I am so excited to be joined by you today. Welcome to this live podcast here on YouTube where I am answering your questions live. So I actually went on to my Instagram stories at Bryce and Stephanie yesterday and I said, hey, if you are in real estate, maybe you're a new realtor or you've been at it for a while and you still have these questions that you've always wanted to ask, but you've been afraid to or didn't want to sound stupid or whatever, I definitely wanted to make sure that I am answering those questions. So if you're with me here on the live stream, welcome. So happy to have you. Um, I'm going to go ahead and hit some of these questions that I have. And if you have something that you'd like me to answer live online here while I am recording, feel free to throw it in the chat and I'll get to those too. Um, But I'm super excited to hit some of these. And I had some really interesting questions on my Instagram stories. And the reason I wanted to do this is, you know, it's kind of hard being in real estate because it can be so isolating. And sometimes we can have what feels like should be really obvious questions. Um, so, So we get really hesitant to ask them or we don't know who to ask. And I want you to feel like you can come to me with these questions, even if they sound silly, or even if you're like, this is something I should totally know, but I just need to talk about it to somebody. So I want you to know that I'm always happy to help. Um, and and that's what we're going to do today. Um, so again, we've got a couple of these I'm going to run through. And a couple of these are new agent real estate questions. A lot of this is around listings. Some of these are around social media um, and others are about leadership and real estate in general. So I'm going to go down the gamut um, and I'm really excited to get to your questions. So thank you to those who asked these on the Instagram stories this week. So the first one that I want to go to is from Haley and she's asking how to get your first listing while being part time. I love that question um, because it can be really difficult to get consistent in the right things that are going to lead you to those opportunities. Um, So the first thing that you have to do is is understand like, hey, listen, you are part time. More than likely, the seller of whatever property you're trying to get the listing for is going to know that you're part time. So first, 
you need to do the hard work of building out your brand story, which is the answer to why should somebody hire you over your competition? Like, let's just think about that for a second. You're a part-time real estate agent, which there are so many part-time real estate agents, right? You're not alone. Um, why should somebody hire you over someone who might be more experienced or over someone who is full-time um, and you, or somebody who's offering to like discount their commission, which, you know, we don't want to do either. Um, so you want to kind of really kind of understand what makes you uniquely skilled or experienced in this area and what you are going to bring to the table. And that's number one, because then once you start making those contacts and those connections, um, you're going to get confronted with those those objections and you have to be ready to overcome them. So that's number one, kind of begin building out that story and, and role play a little bit with, your, with yourself or with a trusted partner um, or, you know, someone else in your office. And then you need to actually go get that listing. Okay, so there's a lot of different ways that people can get real that real estate agents can get listings. Um, so number one, my favorite is always to be consistently marketing yourself on social media and particularly Instagram. So we don't want to forget um, about creating the, that valuable content that's going to begin starting conversations that can lead to listing appointments. Um, and you also want to be speaking to your database and having a lot of con conversations with people who you already know, like, and trust. And you might be thinking, well, Stephanie, I don't have a database. If that's you, you need to build your database from scratch. It's not going to build itself. Um, so that would look like maybe looking at a list of different professionals um, that you can reach out to and, and cultivate relationships with. So in the Market Authority Academy, we actually work on this quite a bit to make sure that we have the right people to send us referrals or send us deals. Um, so you need to have like 50 contacts in your database who are just straight up professional contacts who also interact with your ideal clients and who can refer you. So that's something that you can actively be doing as well to create more opportunities, um, even while you're working part time or making the jump to becoming a full time agent. I hope that helped. Um, I did get a question in the chat. And in case you're still with me, I wanted to make sure that I answered that um, so that I can kind of work this through with you live. And the question is, um, I have a question of how much cold calling apart is a, okay. How much is cold calling a part of the position? Also as a brand new realtor, how long do you feel like it took you to make a livable wage? So I'll answer the second part first. As a brand new real estate agent, um, when my husband and I got into the business, we made six figures our first year. Um, that is not necessarily typical. Um, but the reason we were able to do that is we operated like a business from day one and we went all in on social media marketing and branding. Um, and we really worked on creating our database from scratch. So when we got into real estate, like we left our corporate nine to fives to start the business together. We had no experience in the industry. Um, I was not about to cold call. So the answer to that part of your question is I've never been a cold caller. That's not something at all that I was wanting to do. And I think that that is like the most life sucking thing that I could possibly do just personally. Other agents are super successful at it, but it's not like the means to the end. It's not the only way that you can do it. Uh, there's a lot of different ways that you can build your business. Um, and so it's really about the real estate agents that hit those benchmarks um, in terms of generating the revenue that they want. What they're doing is identifying their most profitable lead prospecting activities and doing them consistently day in and day out, regardless of the results. 
And that's what Bryce and I did. And that's what set us on a trajectory to success, right? So even on the days when we did not want to be like posting on social media or doing our open houses or calling our database, even when it was like the last thing I wanted to do, you still do it. Even when you think it's not working, even when you think it's stupid, like it doesn't matter, you stick to the process. And that's actually something that we do quite a bit in the Market Authority Academy is I work with you to identify your most profitable lead generation sources. And then I work with you to help teach you to put those systems in place and habitualize that so that it just becomes a part of your business. Um, and it's a part of your day to day so that you're always consistent so that you can create consistent revenue. Now, the other questions that I had, I wanted to get to some of these. I hope that happened, Camille. Thank you so much for asking that, that great question. Um, the, the other question that I had that I thought was so good was this was a newer real estate question. I think it's Ty. And he said, during your first deal, how did you help your client when you don't know the process yet? So here's my hack for new real estate agents to know everything, even when you know nothing. And it is to read your purchase contract documents 50 times before you ever have to use one. And that's actually what we do with new agents who um, who we work with, like in our team, we say, listen, you need to go through and read the contract documents like 10 times every single day for a week. And at some point, your eyes are going to start crossing and you are going to want to burn that piece of paper. <laughs> and at that point, you know that you're about halfway there to understanding. The reason you want to do this is the, the purchase contract is going to govern the transaction. Um, and this is the same. This is the way it works in any state. So when you have any questions about the timelines or what you can or can't do or what loopholes your clients need to be aware of to protect their interests, they're in the contract. And you really have to read that so many times before you begin to develop enough context to understand what it means. Um, so that's number one, um, is just understanding the, the documents that are actually governing the process. Um, the, the next thing that you want to do is just make sure that you, for those first couple of deals, you really need to have a mentor with you. Um, and this is not like, this is not just somebody on the internet. You need somebody in your office that is going to walk through these first documents with you so that you know what it is you're telling your clients to sign. And that's going to help you a lot. So that's actually a great interview question when you are trying to find your new brokerage or your next brokerage. You need to know if I need to get a broker on the phone to help walk me through a contract, who is going to help me and how quickly can they help me? So that's a question that you absolutely want to ask so that you know that you're going to have the support that you need when you aren't super familiar yet with the process um, for your first couple of deals. And by the way, every deal is so different. You're not going to feel like you have a handle on it until you've done at least 12 deals. Just saying. Um, I got a couple of it, a couple of the same question. Yesenia asked, um, and, and somebody else asked as well. They said, I'm a new agent and I'm not sure where to start. Um, there's so much info out there. Where do we start? So that's that was a couple of questions that I got and I really wanted to answer as well. If you're a brand new agent, um, obviously making sure you have your brokerage lined up. Um, that's a big one. But really answering that that first question of making sure that you are reading your your contract okay so you have to read your contract documents over and over and over again that's number one and then number two you really need to start having as many real estate conversations as you can and so i actually work with a lot of new real estate agents in the market authority academy and we have a whole couple of step-by-steps that they take to really get started so that they can begin generating leads in 30 days or less um, and, and one of the things you want to do is just set yourself up an environment where you're having those real estate conversations with as many people as you can, because 
Number one, you need to learn what questions people in your market are asking so that you know how to prepare yourself to provide the solutions for those so that you can look like you know what you're doing. Um, but number two, you really need to learn the vernacular that people are using. Um, so people think about real estate in a certain way, depending on where you live. And people speak about it in a certain way. And the more you can really become accustomed to that, like boots on the ground type of experience, the more you're going to feel comfortable having those conversations so that when it is time to convert a prospect into a client, you're ready because you have, you have an understanding of what people are actually needing you for. So you know how to position yourself as the solution for their problems. Um, but again, if you need help in this area, I work with agents who aren't even licensed yet or agents who've been in the business for 15 years. <laughs> so if, um, if you're looking for support in this area, I actually have links in the description where you can book a call um, to set a time and discuss um, whether or not the Market Authority Academy might be a good fit for you and your business. I help you get up and running um, and many of my agents have either doubled, tripled, or quadrupled their businesses um, in a matter of months. So I'm really grateful to be able to work with some of the most awesome agents from across the country and beyond, and maybe you could be next. All right, so somebody else, um, oh, Camille had asked another question, a follow-up question in the chat, and I wanted to touch on that because that was a great question. She said, what would be your tips for someone doing it part-time in the evenings and weekends? Also, how much roughly would you say the first year costs were? The first year costs are going to totally depend based off of your fees, your licensing fees and your dues. Um, you need to really, the first year you need to probably have at least $5,000 saved up um, in startup. I mean, I'm just saying that like in a perfect scenario, you don't have to have that much, but for dues, licensing fees, your, you know, your MLS, your lockbox um, access, like all of that stuff, it just adds up. And then you need to, buy open house signs, most likely you need to get like some branding worked out. So you do have to have a hefty sum set aside so that you can actually do the things that you want to do. Now, in terms of um, being part time and working in the evenings and weekends, there's a couple of things that you need to be aware of that. So most consumers actually need you in the evenings and weekends, right? Because most people are working nine to five, and they can't go look at houses like in the middle of the day. Um, when they can, that's great because you get an edge above the competition. But as a general rule, you are actually going to be most busy on those times anyway. But what that means is that's taking away time from prospecting and marketing. So you need to be waking up early and you need to be waking up at 5 a.m. to put in an hour or two of work before you go to your nine to five. That's just the way it is. Um, you also might need to be doing doing that time like in the evenings or at night, but you, you have to step up your game between 5 a.m. and 7 a.m. and like 8 p.m. and 11 p.m. And that's just the, the, the route you're going to go. That's just your journey as a part-time agent. If you want to make it a full-time thing, you've got to put in the work to generate enough business in the pipeline to make that transition. And from there, like you need to be, doing as much as you possibly can to create a killer brand message that is going to build trust with people and be so consistent in sharing it in the right areas. So I'm talking social media marketing, database marketing, identifying other lead generation sources. As a general rule, if you're going to be a full-time agent, you need a minimum of three lead generation sources that can send leads to you consistently. So there's so much work that you can be doing as a part-time agent to set yourself up for success 
so that you are ready to make that shift. I actually um, was working with this awesome agent. His name is Rory. Shout out to Rory. Um, and he was part-time for a while until he finally decided to make the change. And as soon as he went full-time, like his business exploded because suddenly he had all of this time to actually commit to creating results for his clients, um, providing an amazing experience for them and generating more clients and more referrals. Um, so it's just something to think about. And, and honestly, if you wait to go full time until you feel ready, you may have waited, waited too late. Just, just a thought. Um, there's a really great question from Angie and she actually had a couple that I want to touch on, but she said, is there really a difference between calling on the phone and DMing if that's how you and said person normally communicate? And she's basically asking, Hey, when it comes to like your database calls or to your SOI calls, um, can I text them <laughs> or can I send them a DM? A contact is a contact for me. Okay, so when I'm doing my contacts, you want to do at least 10 contacts a day to generate 25 leads a month. That's kind of like a simple rule of thumb. Um, that can be a text message. That can be a direct message. As long as you're having an interaction that's going back and forth. Um, so for me, most of my quote unquote database calls now are text messages or direct messages on Instagram. Uh, my, my clients like don't, they're either busy moms who don't have time to be, um, on the phone or, you know, busy professionals who are working, um, or, you know, just people who don't feel like picking up the phone. That's fine. Um, I have a, an awesome client that we've been so lucky to work with. They actually just referred their mother to me and she's, you know, I mean, she's, she's not a millennial and she's relocating here to retire um, from another state and she's texting me. All she wants to do is text. Like she's, she's like, don't bother me on the phone. I'm a busy lady. I've got a social life. I've got stuff that I'm doing. Texting is great. So I always kind of meet my clients halfway. Uh, Sharice had an awesome question and she said, how do you find the balance between sharing personal and business on social? So just an easy rule of thumb. Um, I post a ratio ish of three to one. So I have three business posts for every one. However, even if I post a business post, like I'm still incorporating a lot of personal aspects to it. So I'm either referring to my like personal origin story or my personal experiences, or I'm sharing a photo of myself. I'm putting as much of myself in my social media marketing as humanly possible because that is how you build that no like and trust factor that results in more appointments on social media. So don't get lost in getting so businessy that you lose that personal touch because that is when you begin selling, not serving. So I had um, another, uh, a couple of other really great questions that I'm going to do as I have a few more minutes. Um, let's see. Uh, Angie had another question that I really wanted to hit on and she said, um, I'm a new agent join the crowd, lots of new agents, no worries there. She said, why do they teach social media as like a second thought? She said, why don't they teach you to show your face and make it personal? And why when I wanted to do social media marketing for my business? Why was I made to feel like it is just fluff? I'm so confused. And it makes me second guess what I'm doing. Well, let's talk about this. If you follow me on Instagram, you know that I like literally went off on a rant on my stories about this topic yesterday because it is such an important question. And I actually got asked this question twice in two totally different scenarios yesterday. The reason why a lot of brokers or leadership 
people in real estate don't teach you how to brand and market yourself is because they don't have an incentive to. If they can make you reliant on them for support, they can take more of your commission. That's just the way it is. Okay. (laughs) Like at the end of the day, think about if you were to join a team, there are some amazing teams out there who really support the agent and set them up for a lifetime of success in real estate. But most teams really exploit their agents. And most teams are literally designed to keep you spoon fed on their deals so they can take more of your commission because you're working that that client and they gave it to you. So they get to take 30, 40, 50, 60% of it. And that's fine if that's what it, you're looking for. If you're looking for something that's more consistent and if you're looking for someone who's going to like just help do a lot of that legwork for you. But it's not a sustainable long-term model, okay? That's not what you got into real estate for, I'm willing to bet. And at the end of the day, most brokerages, most teams, they just don't have the resources or care to help you learn how to do it for yourself because they're going to make more money off of you if you are totally dependent upon them. And the other thing too, is there's a billion dollar industry designed to take our money. It's called internet leads. And so all of those companies that we hate to love and love to hate, like Zillow, they have made you believe that the only way that you can do business in 2021 is either through cold calling, which is going to take so, so much time. It's not a scalable activity whatsoever, or pay thousands of dollars to these big internet lead companies so that you can get leads. But what happens is that you are, number one, feeding the beast that's going to destroy our industry. And then number two, (laughs) you're only as good as your last lead. You're a salesperson. You're an employee. You're not not building a business that is scalable and sustainable because you're not growing and, and leveraging your brand. And so, so many real estate agents find themselves constantly starting over from scratch. They either join a team right out of the gate and they don't focus on growing their own brand or their own systems. And inevitably when it's time to leave that team, when it's no longer a good fit or you're ready for something new, or if you relocate to a different area, you're starting from scratch because you didn't do the work that you should have been doing in terms of building your team or building your brand and building your systems. And so that's why I say no matter what what brokerage you go with or if you join a team, which again, there's nothing wrong with doing that stuff, but no matter what, you have to be focused on building your brand and your systems because this industry is full of people who just want to exploit you to take your money. Um, and that's genuinely why I started the Market Authority Academy because we noticed this right off the bat as a huge problem in this industry when we got into real estate. And there's a reason why almost 90% of real estate agents will fail in those first couple of years. And it's because there's no one here that's going to help you. So you have to either figure it out on your own or find someone who's going to help make it happen. And I wanted to be one of those people that could support my colleagues because this industry has done so much for us. Like we have built the lifestyle and the business of my absolute dreams. And if I can give that back to other colleagues who want to serve their clients and impact their communities in positive ways, that's what I want to do. And I do it through the Market Authority Academy, where I teach you these methods, these modern marketing methods to grow your real estate business sustainably and scale it so that you can generate more revenue by working less. That's my mission. Anyways, that's my soapbox. I totally went off on the Instagram stories yesterday. So if you caught that, (laughs) I think this is a more polished version of what I was trying to say. 
Now, I had a couple of other questions too. Um, in the chat, what is a good resource regarding what expenses can be written off on taxes? Um, a CPA. <laughs> Do not go to Google for something as important as your taxes. Um, you need to get a, a licensed CPA. Um, I've been working with the same CPA for almost seven years now, and they have saved us so much money. They're going to charge you money. You're going to have to pay, but that's just part of being a business owner. And they're going to save you a lot of money in the process. So do not skimp out on that. Alex asked, at what point do you hire an assistant and what do you task them with? Great question. So um, the way that we do this is the first hire is usually a transaction coordinator. And you can begin that as soon as I, I say first, you should do your first couple of transactions yourself so that you have an understanding of how it works. Um, but then, you know, as quickly as you feel able to, you should be bringing on a transaction coordinator and that goes for part-time agents as well. Um, but if you're looking for an assistant, that's usually going to be your second hire. And I think the rule of thumb is if you are closing, um, consistently between three and five deals a month, um, that's when you start bringing on that assistant. And then, um, the, the tasks can really kind of be a number of different things. So it depends on where you need the most help. And this is actually, um, we have a whole module dedicated to this in the module in the market authority Academy, where you have to go through a couple of exercises to know whether or not you have the systems in place to hire somebody like an assistant, because if you hire an assistant on without having systemized your business, it's going to be a disaster. And you're going to think, oh, man, I can't hire anybody because these people just don't want to work. And, and they just are not smart enough. And I have to do everything on my own, because it's easier and faster and cheaper. That's a, a scenario that you want to avoid, because that is going to throttle your growth for many years. Um, so what you actually want to do, you want to hire an assistant before you need one. And you want to systemize your business before you need assistant. <laughs> so by systemizing your business, you are identifying those areas where you need the most help. So maybe it's lead follow up, or maybe it's transaction management, or um, maybe it's gifting, maybe it's marketing, maybe it's social media stuff. Um, you need to identify those areas. And then you have to create those systems, meaning you have to document how you want that process to look step by step by step by step. So when you like absolutely crush it on one of these one of these portions, Right. Like say you want somebody to take over um, some of your executing your social media. You want to go through that process a couple of times yourself. So it's going to look like a plan out my social media posts, B source the images, C schedule out all of the captions or draft the captions rather um, D like go down step by step by step by step as granularly as you possibly can. And then do this a couple of times. Um, like go through those motions, make sure that that's exactly how you want it. And then you have a checklist. So you, when you bring on your assistant, you say, here's what I need you to do. I do not need you to go research how to do this. I've already done the research. This is what I need you to do. And once they get used to how you want your business run, then they can go and do things like research new ways to improve or um, take on more tasks for you because they know what your expectations are. They know what your, your, the way that you work and they're going to be way better of a fit for you. And the biggest thing is they're not going to get overwhelmed by you throwing them in the, in the deep end because at the end of the day, that's just crappy leadership. <laughs> 
So I, I hope that this was helpful. We went through a lot of different questions and I'm really grateful to those of you who joined me here on the live, the live broadcast. Um, and I am super excited to be able to have more of these conversations with you. Um, if you have any questions further that I missed, go ahead and send them to me in the direct messages on Instagram at Bryce and Stephanie. But of course, that's linked in the caption as well. Um, and if you are wanting a little assistance in this area, I encourage you to check out the Market Authority Academy. The links are in the description as well. And you can book a time to chat with me. We'll hop on a call and I'll get a sense of where you're at. We'll see where you want to go. And if it seems like I can help you out, then we'll discuss if working together is a good fit. Otherwise, I really appreciate you hanging out with me today. I hope that you have an awesome rest of your day and a great week ahead. And until next time, keep on crushing it. Thanks for tuning in. A high five on taking some time to invest in yourself and in your business. If you're looking for more, head over to the show notes to find all the details and links to resources mentioned in this episode of the Market Authority Show. And if you're looking to find a new crew of like-minded pros to ask questions and bounce ideas off of, head over to themarketauthorityacademy.com to join my exclusive community on Facebook, check out my latest free masterclass and tons of bonus content, or apply to my mentorship program to learn how I can help you triple your business this year. Until next time, keep on crushing it.